Hi everyone. In this episode, Ashley and I talk about our faith journey and transition and expansion in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. In this episode, we refer to it a lot as the church or the Mormon church or Mormonism. Um, The correct term is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but that's just easier to refer to it as Mormon or Mormonism or the church because that's kind of how we grew up and that's how other people recognize it. We hope you like the episode. It is a safe episode for everyone to listen to and we are just excited to be able to talk about this. This is Ashley. And this is Ashley. And this is the double, the double scoop. scoop. <laughs> no, I messed up this time. I did it on purpose. You brain farted. I did. Um, well, what's the scoop with you, Ash? Um, well, last night, this really cool this person invited me to her house <laughs> to make friendship bracelets. Guess who it was? I don't know. She sounds way cool. Though. Yeah. Her name's Ashley. Oh my gosh. No way. Yeah. Another Ashley. It was you. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Yeah. That was so fun. No, it was really fun. Ashley got all these cute like um, bead stuff mm-hmm. from Amazon and we all made friendship bracelets for each other. Mm-hmm. We, like drew names and made bracelets for each other. And then me, Ashley and our friends Dallas in Brooklyn. Yeah. And we ate Wingstop and had watched. good conversation and watched Taylor Swift announce 1989 Taylor's version. Yes, that was so cool. <laughs> I felt like I was in high school. Yeah. So yeah, this episode, we are just talking about our faith journey. And mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy that we feel this need even to have this because some of the comments were like, why do you feel like you need to talk about it? Talk about at this. All. Yeah. And I just feel like it's actually different because um, I know a lot of you listening to this, knowing what this episode is about, it's about our faith journey. Mm-hmm. A lot of you are probably like, oh, they left the church. Da, 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 da. And me and Ashley actually have very different experiences and journeys. So yeah, I know already based off of the questions we got before this, there were a lot of assumptions, which is totally fine. Yeah. Um, but it's just very sensitive um, growing up in this culture where mm-hmm. everyone that you're like so many people that you're close with lives their life and their moral values are all the same and their life is all the same. And so when anyone steps out of line, you feel so much shame for it. And I feel like that's why we need to talk about it is because we've been kind of posting and like, depending on who we're with, like not just being ourselves Yeah, because we feel like, I mean, I will speak for me. I feel like I... I don't want anyone to think I'm bad or I'm different or they can't yeah. relate to me anymore. Yeah, same. And it's it's weird because, I mean, like you were saying, like, why do we need to talk about it? And I know that there's a lot of, like, ex-Mormons out there. I don't mm-hmm. even think I would consider myself ex-Mormon. Yeah, I'm not. And by the way, that's our religion, Mormonism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we haven't said that already. Yeah. But a lot of people will go and, like, bash the church when they leave and like just talk horribly about it and bring as many people down with them as they can Mm -hmm. and I get I get that people have like anger and stuff when they leave and I'm not going to invalidate that Mm -hmm. um for me that's not 
I'm not here to talk about it to be like, you guys need to leave. You guys need to leave. I'm taking you with me. Like, I want to talk about this because, like you said, like, I feel like I'm living inauthentically. I've had questions about why I'm not wearing my garments. Mm -hmm. I've had, like, I I just want this out there. And it's not going to be the topic of our podcast for the rest of forever. Like, we're just going to get this out there. We need it out there. It's heavy on our minds and hearts Yeah, So that people know us, Mm -hmm. know our hearts, know where we're coming from, know our stories and our journey. Mm -hmm. And then the ball's in your guys' court after that. Like, if you want to judge us, if you want to hate us, that's... Ask more questions, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, Also, yeah, I will say also, me and Ashley, I would consider us even in different steps right now. Yep. Which is actually cool. I mean, it's it's crazy because when we've had conversations with people about where we're at, like our really close friends, mm-hmm. we have them together. Yep. And people assume we're in the same place because we're having the conversation together. And just like this podcast, like we're having this conversation together, but we're actually in different places. Like mm-hmm. I have not left. Like I still, yeah. I'm not in, but I'm not out. I'm still yeah. very... And I reserve the right to change my mind. Yeah. I'm going to say that a and lot. Everyone does. Everyone does. Everyone has the right to do whatever they want whenever they want. Yeah. I and think. we even have different reasons for like questioning and stuff, mm-hmm. like completely different. Our lives are very different. And so yeah. while we're very similar in all the ways, I think this is cool because I think we can relate to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's weird because I'm that girl that I feel like I'm not Mormon enough to fit in with the people that are still very active and yet I'm still too Mormon to fit in the people yep. with people who have left. And so that's kind of my stance right now. But we'll get into all that. Yeah. Like, I'm excited. But I just wanted to well, say that we're just different people. Well, I, like, you kind of went over it. Like, you're, like, if someone were to ask you, just passing by, yeah. what's your, st- like, where are you at right now? What would you say? I always say I'm not in and I'm not out. Yeah. That's literally my answer. Yeah. Because I haven't decided, like, there's some, there's, I know we'll get into it, but there's still so many things that, like, ring true to me. But then mm-hmm. there's so many things that, like, I was taught that don't. Yeah. And so it's, like, do I have to make a decision off if I'm in or if I'm out? And I'm kind of in this limbo stage. And yeah. I thought at the beginning of going through this that I had to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And I had to rush into making a decision. But I'm just realizing that I'm just going to take my time in this yeah. stage and wherever that brings me. Yeah. And some days I'm, like, I'm out. Mm-hmm. I really I some days I am but then some days I'm like okay Casey we're going to church on Sunday like yeah and so it's weird I just I change my mind all the time based off of what it, my spirit feels like. it's so hard because we've spent 25 plus years in this yeah like religion right or even longer than that I mean if you're te- if you're technically still not in not out like that's 29 years for you yeah yeah, yeah. I guess my, like if someone were to ask me someone someone were to ask me, I would say that I, it's so, it's hard to have a super simple answer. To change your mind. I think that's what people should be aware of, of like, if you say something today on this episode, like you reserve the right to change your mind and it's not simple. It's not. It's not. (laughs) It's weird because I, I don't feel like I can say I've left the church. Yeah. But I also don't consider myself mormon yeah. anymore yeah i don't know it's so but you weird can still but take... it's like i it is ingrained in me yeah like literally everything that i've been taught my entire life is intertwined into every part of me mm-hmm. it's so hard to just be like leave it like leave it behind yeah 
And I don't know if I ever will. I don't know if I'll ever remove my records. I don't know if it will ever come to that. Um, but right now, I would say I would never. I don't have plans of going back. Yeah. So that's my and super it's interesting simple answer. Because people, like I know that people have said like, oh, well, if they left, then all their beliefs have left with them. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, I'm sure you'll talk about this, but I'm yeah. sure you still believe and some of the same things you were taught. And so it's For like, sure. yeah, I'm not Mormon, but do I still believe in some of the same things? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So it's, it morals. is weird to say that. Yeah. yeah. Like, when you said that your whole life. Yeah. But you're and, like, yeah, I grew up Mormon. Don't believe it anymore or whatever it is. Yeah. And I, we're not here to convince anyone either. Oh, no. The purpose of this episode is literally, we even talked about before, like, mm-hmm. I know some people were asking specifics of like, what made you question or what was yeah. the first thing that made you question we're not even actually going to get into that because I want everyone like maybe surface level but yeah. not we're not going to talk about details. specific stuff yeah we're not sharing things that like necess- like like doctrine that doesn't ring true to us yeah. or anything about history so I want everyone who's listening to this episode whether you're completely active and just curious mm-hmm. or you are on the complete opposite spectrum we want everyone to feel safe listening to this episode yep. I know for me even still um, I get really nervous listening to people's podcasts who have left the church yeah. because I'm scared that they're going to like feed me information that one, I don't want to know or two, yes. I'm like not ready to hear. Yeah. We're not going to do any of that no, today. We're not. This is like very safe. Like just yeah. telling our stories and, um, one for the purpose of just like getting it out there. So people are just like not questioning anymore. Yep. And two, just so if anyone like is going through the same thing, like we can talk about it and yeah. have a community of that's safe and not bashing and not like, yeah 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 anyways also before we really get into it we had someone ask to kind of briefly explain mormonism <clears throat> for those that don't know or aren't in it um which is i'm like trying to figure out how to do that i was a missionary <laughs> let me explain. yeah go for <laughs> it ash <laughs> the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints is the belief that, um, and actually, I feel bad about this because I haven't studied a lot of other religions to see if this is their belief too. But mm-hmm. like our story is that we are the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. So like yeah. Christ was on earth. He restored his gospel. There was a falling out. I literally feel like a missionary right now, <laughs> like bringing me back. Um, and Joseph Smith, I should have these dates down, in the early 1800s, um, was on the earth and <laughs> was on the earth. I feel so awkward right now. Anyways, he was searching for the true church. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of different churches. He had this vision where um, Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ came to him and said, there's no true church. Here is the fullness of my gospel. Gave him the priesthood, we call it. I know a lot of other churches say that. Yeah. The power to receive revelation and things like that and then the book of mormon is also like the cornerstone of our church so it's basically another testament of jesus christ saying like christ came to the americas and he taught the same thing here in america and then so that's like the foundation of our church and like kind of how we got started but the like beliefs of it is like that we are the one and only true church on the Mm -hmm. earth so yeah that is kind of the belief is that it's like this is the one true church and this is like the way 
back to Family Father in Jesus Christ. We have missionaries. Yeah. We kind of have some unique um, rules that we follow, like mm-hmm. no alcohol. The word or, of wisdom specifically. Yeah, coffee, tea, tobacco, yeah. obviously illegal drugs. So, yeah. yeah, that's kind of the purpose of it. And like what we learn on Sundays and stuff is honestly just like, I would say simple doctrine of Jesus Christ. Yeah, like, I feel like it's just going over the Book of Mormon and the Bible, mostly the Book of Mormon. Teaching about like, yeah, the plan of yeah. like earth life, pre-earth life, after. Anyways. And like Mormons believe in like an afterlife and being with your families forever. Mm-hmm. Oh, and temples is a really big, mm-hmm. I'll just share this last thing because I feel like this is a big topic for me is a little bit more difficult. I, mm-hmm. I don't want to like get into too much detail, but the belief that like, so we have temples here on earth and you have to live these like very, um, I guess like elite standards to get into the temple, mm-hmm. but the temple is the way that you can be with your family for forever. Yep. So like we are raised our whole lives to want to get married in the temple. Yeah. And it's like, it's such a goal to want to get married in the temple. And it's very beautiful. Like temples are so beautiful. Like I love my wedding day, no regrets. I absolutely no regrets about <laughs> getting married in the temple and actually I had a get different experience yeah yeah and yeah so that's also the thing like you'll see temples everywhere and it's like we go and do work for the dead there and then mm-hmm. it's like our belief that that's how people are with their families for forever yeah and it's like your life goal is to like get married yeah. in the temple and you're because you're not just getting married in the temple you're getting sealed in the temple yeah. and basically that means like you're getting sealed to your husband and then all the kids that you have mm-hmm. will be like born in the covenant yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot more complicated than that, but I feel like that was a good, like, kind of yeah, base description. My, uh, Sister Vogel, my maiden name, came yeah. out there in yeah. missionary mode, but I never served a mission, so <laughs> you did great. I love, I am going to love how different our, our stories yeah. are going to be in this episode. I think it's going to resonate with, like, a very wide group of people. Yeah. Yep. So, love it. Well, okay, so... We should just talk about, like, the beginnings, like, how we were raised, what our childhood is like. Do you want to go first? Sure. So, my family actually wasn't active until I was, like, eight. My dad's a convert. Yeah, my dad's a convert. And I didn't get baptized till I was, like, eight and a half, Mm -hmm. I feel like, because that's, like, when my family started getting active. Um, Grew up in Vegas. I actually wasn't around a lot of other LDS people. Um, But then when I was baptized... It was like, I, it was like my virtue signaling was like my pride and joy. Like I was the good girl. I was wanting to break, bring my family to church, all the stuff. Like I was the girl that was like, I don't know. Like that's just how I got validation in myself. Yeah. It was like being the good girl and following all the rules and growing up, like bless my parents' hearts. Like I know they're probably going to listen to this. But like I was really taught rules. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you're good if you follow rules. And so that's like where my testimony came from. And I wouldn't even say that I really had a testimony. It was just like, I'm good because I'm following rules. And I mean, we're going to get in a teenagehood. In yeah. A minute, but yeah. like, yeah, that was it as a child. So really, I, w- I didn't really have the church in my life until I was like older, like eight. That's so interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. So. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. But I, lo- I loved it. Like it made me feel so good about myself. Yeah. I was like following rules. Yeah. And I was so damn good at following the rules. <laughs> yeah. Like, so good. Yeah. And I would, like, judge my parents for not following them. So That's judge so my funny. siblings, judge my friends. Yeah. Oh, and I, yeah, so I grew up in Vegas, so I wasn't around a lot of other Mormons. Yeah. And when I did move to Utah and everyone was Mormon, when I remember did you it was move so to Utah? weird. 
When I was like 11. Okay. 11, 12. The summer going into fifth grade. Okay. It was so weird. I remember like across the street, there was another family and I remember being like, are you Mormon? Mm -hmm. Like, Yeah. And I ran home and I was like, mom, they're Mormon. (laughs) It was so weird for me. And then I go to school and everyone's Mormon. Yeah. And I was like, what? This is so cool. Everyone's Mormon. Like, I feel like at the age of like eight, nine, like people don't like kids don't really care about religion at that age so I feel like were people asking you about it at school when you were in Vegas I remember yeah yeah I remember getting baptized and it being a really big deal and I would I brought my scriptures to to school my big like multi-bible like the five quad whatever the the quad the four (laughs) I'm telling you I was a good Mormon girl I brought my scriptures to school and I remember actually getting in trouble for it, which is kind of weird because so I was like preaching to other yeah. kids and they were like, okay, you can't like do <laughs> this at like school. being a missionary at Literally. So and I was funny. like, I got baptized. Mm-hmm. And so it was cool to talk about because, oh, and people would be like, I got baptized when I was a baby. And I was like, that's weird. Yeah. You shouldn't baptize babies. Yeah. Like I was so judgy and like, oh yeah, I feel so sad for people who knew me then. <laughs> I just yes. need to apologize to anyone I judged ahead of time going into this. But anyways, there's a lot of that we'll get into that later. But yeah, so that was my like childhood. Okay, for me, so I grew up in Washington State. Um, moved there when I was in like halfway through kindergarten, so I don't really remember anything else. I was born in Utah, but moved to Washington, um, and like. I don't know. There there wasn't really anything impactful that happened to me in my childhood. Like the my religion was never really brought up in elementary school at all. Mm-hmm. Like ever. Yeah. Like I wasn't a weird kid. I wasn't like like I, me. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I like I just feel like that age it's almost just like you're just a kid and like mm-hmm. it's so surface level at that point. At least it was for me. Like no one really yeah. But I'll just kind of phase into Go like yeah. teenage years. Um so when I turned it was around when I turned 12, my dad left the church. Mm. And I remember that was like earth-shattering for me. Like uh yeah, especially cuz like when the church teaches you like your families are eternal. And mm-hmm. then one of your family members decides that that's not for them. You have this sense of like, our family's broken already. Like, yes. we're not going to be together because my dad left. And I feel like that was a really sad part of my childhood was I always felt like the church was like pitting me against my dad. And my dad did nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. Like he just, I still to this day don't really fully understand why he left. I need to have a conversation with him. But he like I don't know that that would be so hard and it was always really hard for me like on father's day when the primary kids would go up to the pulpit to sing to their fathers and my dad was never there like it just there were so many experiences like that where I just felt like the church was like your dad is not worthy of this like he's a bad person and obviously no one was saying that to me specifically no one was like your dad sucks he, you know, yeah. but like I always had to get blessings from like our bishop instead of my dad because my dad didn't have the priesthood anymore. And I always just felt like we were kind of just like looked down upon because my dad didn't go. And 
Um, I told my mom this the other day because we've had conversations. We'll get into this later too. But I told my mom that if she had given me the choice of leaving at that around that age, I think I would have stopped going because mm-hmm. and my mom did nothing wrong. She was doing everything she thought she was doing right. Mm-hmm. Like by the church's standards, she was bringing all of her kids to church with her every Sunday, regardless of if my dad wasn't there, Dang. which I always saw as a huge sacrifice. I loved her for it. But it, isn't that so sad how it's like the church is like, your mom is amazing and your dad's not. Like, yeah. And it yeah. had nothing to do with like my relationship with them. It's just like that's how the church kind of made it feel. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I feel like I would always fake being sick on Sundays. I never wanted to go to church. I had a couple friends in our ward fam in our home ward, ward family, home ward, and like they were a funded. ward is like a congregation. Yes, in your area. For yeah, doesn't know. It's like you meet with the same people every Sunday, mm-hmm. and you're separated by boundaries of like where you live and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, I had I had. I was in the same ward almost my whole life until I moved to Utah. Mm. And so I had a lot of really close-knit relationships within the ward. Um, But, like, those were my church friends. And I never hung out with my church friends really outside of church. So I always had non-Mormon friends that were – my non-Mormon friends were always my closest friends growing up in Washington, which is so interesting because – I feel like I was always never, like you were saying, how you feel now, like I was never Mormon enough for my Mormon friends mm-hmm. and I was never not Mormon enough for my not Mormon friends. Mm-hmm. Like I was made fun of constantly for being Mormon by my not Mormon friends and I was constantly being judged by my Mormon friends for kissing boys before I was 16, going on yeah. dates before I was 16, like things like that. Yeah. The culture in Washington was really weird just because I so I grew up in Spokane and it was like a city that was like heavily constant like the church sent a ton of missionaries to Spokane there were a ton of Mormons in Spokane Washington specifically so much so that like out of our high school that had I think we had like 12 to 1400 students about 200 were LDS and we had our own seminary building on like our property on our high school which was unheard of in Washington and yeah just I don't know it was like mini Utah yeah really really interesting way to grow up because while my not Mormon friends were (laughs) drinking and having sex and doing all these things like I was never doing that stuff Mm -hmm. and which there are parts of the church that I'm thankful for and that's one of them like I'm I'm glad that I wasn't partying and drinking and experimenting with things like that growing up but at the same time like it just put me so on the outs with every group of friends that I had yeah I was just never I could never fit in fully with either side and like my nickname in high school was Momo people like legit made fun of me for being a Mormon so hard it it was hard it was weird yeah and I think like moving to Utah felt like a breath of fresh air after I graduated and we can talk about that in a minute yeah I'll let you talk about like your teenage years so my like teenage life was like I wanted 
so bad to be like the example and I feel like I was but almost to the point of where I was yeah like I was on a high horse like I was I probably would have been those friends that were like judging you yeah and it was weird because I don't feel like it's funny because people from my high school if anyone listens to this they might have different thoughts I don't feel like I was like a weird Mormon where it's like too much and you like can't hang with people yeah (laughs) yeah like I I was normal I feel like but I definitely judged anyone and everyone who drank who had sex who wore tank tops who wore short shorts like modesty I judged people so hard and my best friend all through high school Nicole I judged her so hard because I wasn't allowed to do those things yeah but it made me feel better to just be like, I don't want to. Like, mm. I don't want to wear tank tops. Like, I don't want to. I do remember a couple times, like, taking bikinis to the lake. Like, borrowing my friend's bikinis to the lake. Switching into them at the lake. Mm-hmm. And then switching swimsuits coming home. I feel like yeah. I hear a lot of people do that. I did that. But um, I was a really good kid. Like, seminary. Um, I was like... Did you like going to seminary? I did. I, I loved hated it. hated seminary. I loved seminary. Oh. Because here's the thing, like, all the cute boys were, like, going mm. to seminary. And, like, it was, it was like, cool to be, like, in it. Yeah. I felt like the people that started, like, not wanting to be in the church were, at least to, like, me, I was like, oh, you're, like, yeah. not cool. Which well, I feel terrible I'm sure saying, it's but. so different in Utah it where is. literally, like, almost your entire school is Mormon. Yeah, Yeah. literally. And so... um, Like, that was the cool thing for you. It was. To be hardcore Mormon. It was. And I remember feeling... I've I've listened to another podcast where a girl... I related to her a lot. Related to her story a lot with this, but, like, I felt really special in the church. Like, I felt like I was... um, Yeah, like, I was special for some reason, um like I was like a leader in my young women's group mm-hmm. and all the stuff and then like girls camp I was always kind of the leader and okay I did love girls camp okay girls camp I loved girls camp I literally went after I graduated high school one Same. more year I was, I was a like, super senior I went with Kennedy leader. my sister oh yeah yeah did Addie go was that her first year that you went I don't, Her sister. I that's don't like a big know. reason I, I went remember. but yeah, I loved girls camp. Yeah. I loved church. But also my experience is different from yours because all my best friends were in my ward. Mm. And the kids in my neighborhood, like even the boys I would hang out with were in my ward. Yeah. And so, and I was the girl that I felt like I needed to save everyone. <laughs> if boys in my ward were making bad choices, mm-hmm. I would go and like cry to their moms. Yeah. Like I was so, I, I feel really bad for myself because, um, it wasn't coming from a place of love. It was strictly like virtue signaling. And I was getting all my validation from being the good girl in the church. Now I wasn't perfect. Like I quote, like, I guess you could say like LDS terms, like messed up a couple times and had to talk to a bishop and it was an awful experience. I know really, (laughs) I actually won't share the experience on the podcast because I'm not here to bash anyone, but it was very traumatizing. Yeah. And made me feel like a very terrible person. And mm-hmm. I felt a lot of shame. And I think that's going to be a common theme of this. Yeah. And a common theme why a lot of people leave is this level of shame. And just like a little yeah. side note, like 
shame is the absolute like lowest vibration a human can feel Mm. and when you sit in a level of shame too long like it will ruin a person it's very traumatizing like it will anyway so I guess that's like my um yeah like high school years like and even like going into college I'll just kind of morph going into college okay I have one more high school story I want to share and it has to do with kind of shame aspect because I'm not gonna get into all the things I did with boys like Teenagers. Whatever, you were a teenager. Teenage, yeah. Teenagers do stuff, but this, this was this was a hard thing for me to deal with. I was fifteen, a month out from being sixteen. Homecoming was like three weeks before my birthday, and I had a boyfriend oh, yeah. at the time. And obviously, like in the Mormon Church, it's not like a rule, but it's like a it's like huge suggestion yeah. to not date before you're sixteen. And then even when you're 16, it's like, don't have boyfriends. Just go on dates with lots of boys, basically. So the fact that I had a boyfriend before I was 16 in high school was like a huge deal. And it was so hard because I felt like anytime I was around my Mormon friends, I couldn't hold his hand. I couldn't be near him. I couldn't like kiss him. I couldn't do anything. And anyway... Three weeks out from homecoming and my boyfriend's like, he asked me to homecoming and I said yes. Because I, I thought my mom would be like, yeah, you're fine. Like, oh, that's how I was wondering. You're was your close. mom okay with it? My no. mom was like, uh-uh. She was, not, like dad, she was not okay with it. She <clears throat> basically was like, "I'm okay, fine, go, but I'm not helping you buy a dress. I'm not helping you get a corsage. Mm. I'm not helping you get a boutonniere. Like, you've got to figure this out on your own mm-hmm. like and then your curfew was like 10 p.m so I oh couldn't even go to like anything after the dance or anything like yeah. that and the pictures were so awful because I had this strapless dress that I really wanted to wear I and it was you. so cute <laughs> but I wore a shade shirt underneath oh. it oh no because I was like if I'm going to go yeah. to this dance, at least I'm going to be modest, okay? Yeah. Because Aww. I knew there were going to be other Mormons there mm-hmm. that were 16 and older, and mm-hmm. they were going to see me, and they were... Because everyone knows when someone turns 16 yeah. in the church, because either the boys have to... their eyes set on you, or you have your eyes set on someone, and you're like, okay, when we're 16, we can go on a date together. Mm-hmm. And so everyone knew that I wasn't 16 yet, and I went to this dance and I didn't have support from my mom. I didn't mm. get any pictures done by my parents. Like, it was sad. It was my first, first dance. dance experience with a date. And it was just kind of, like, meh, sad. That is really sad. Yeah. And it's like, I literally went to a dance with a group of people. I didn't drink. I didn't have sex. We were dancing. We were having fun. Like, I didn't do anything bad but it was such a shameful experience for yeah. me which is mm. so sad looking yeah. back on that is did you really have sad. anything like that I was just like not allowed to date obviously before yeah. I was 16 and I actually did I there was a boy my first dance I don't even know if I would technically count this as my first dance yeah. I didn't even really know the kid it was a girl's ass boys dance mm-hmm. and the kid that I ended up going with it was in March, it was called Preference. I think it was March. And I turned 16 in May. 
and this boy's date like bailed on him or something and mm-hmm. so all the girls in my ward that were 16 yeah like begged my mom to let me take this kid oh i was like mom i don't even know this kid and yeah. I, I literally didn't yeah i literally yeah i don't even know him and i ended up going with him yeah so that was my first dance but um i wouldn't even it wasn't like a formal dance yeah we were like church clothes <laughs> yeah and my mom was actually cool with it my dad was so not cool yeah with it. but um the whole modesty thing like mm-hmm. I remember that being a huge deal like yeah. you would I wish I could have worn like tank top dresses Same. or like sweetheart dresses yeah. but I would really hard judge girls that did including yeah. my best friend because yeah. I was jealous that I couldn't mm-hmm. anyways and it was again a virtue signal I'm like yeah I'm gonna be the girl in the, the only girl in the group that has a modest dress yeah and I like pride myself on that which is really sad yeah oh it's so funny because in Washington every person that wasn't mormon was wearing a strapless sleeveless dress Mm -hmm. at every dance Mm -hmm. and all the mormons were wearing full cap sleeve dresses so you could tell and it was so pictures of our prom oh my gosh we should very well yeah um but yeah Yeah. such an interesting way to i mean both of us like it's so funny to hear you speak (laughs) on your experience growing up like because I don't want to say this in a mean way, but like it's it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> I really wonder what my life would have been like had I grown up in Utah. Yeah, like maybe I would have been the same as you. Yeah, but I just always felt like I don't know. And like one thing too is I like I would go to church for the community and for the social aspect of it. I never liked sitting through sacrament. Classes were boring to me when my teachers called on me to, like, answer a question about the scripture we were reading. I wasn't paying attention. I have no, like, to this day, you could tell me scripture stories. I won't remember that. I don't, I never, like, learned them. Yeah. I just didn't like it. Yeah. And then Young Women's was fine because it was just, like, all us girls. girls. and Yeah, but. And I had really, I I will say I had good young women's leaders that I really loved and looked up to. And that was something that I feel like was awesome about growing up in the church is having like women figures in my life that weren't just my mom. Yeah. That was really powerful for me too. Yeah. I did like I loved my young women leaders. Yeah. I could tell them anything and everything. Yeah. Luckily, I had a really good experience with mine. Yeah. I know some people who don't, but. So I don't know. I just, I was not your typical like go get her Mormon. Yeah. I was always just kind of like there because I had to be because mm-hmm. my mom kind of made me go. Yeah. And and I was like dragging my family. <laughs> yeah. Worse. It's so funny. I love her story. It's so interesting. Um so then let me make sure I covered everything in my notes. There's like there's so much of this. I know. And I want to make sure I'm saying everything correctly. Yeah, this is a big one. It's like we don't want to rush it. Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, you mentioned like the bikini thing. Oh yeah. I would always hide bikinis to go swimming with my friends in, and my mom wore them. My mom wore them all the time. So I was stealing her bikinis to go swimming. (gasps) Yeah. And she would be like, did you steal my swimsuit? And I'm like, no. (laughs) No, I didn't. She would only buy me one piece. I was like, (laughs) yeah. And tankinis. When I could wear tankinis that like showed an inch in my stomach. I was like, I'm so hot. But, like, all of my friends were wearing bikinis. Yeah. All of them. Oh, my gosh. I had a birthday party. Oh, my gosh. I had a birthday party. Yeah. And it was a swimming party. We live in St. George. Yeah. And I had to put on my invites, no bikinis allowed. (laughs) 
I literally had to put that so girls could not wear bikinis at my, oh my house. Gosh. And I remember there was a girl there who didn't have another swimsuit and she wore a bikini. And I remember, and it wasn't really my mom. My mom actually isn't really judgy. It was yeah. kind of coming from my dad. But um, I remember being like, oh my gosh, she has a bikini in my pool. Like, yeah. I just feel so bad about that. I like know. girls, it was like, sorry, you can't come to my birthday party if you don't have a mom's swimsuit. Yeah. What? Yeah. That was when I was Because I was like, another school, but that's like another thing oh, our church teaches is like in the first strength so of youth sad. there's like a pamp a pamphlet called the first strength of youth and it kind of like lays out all these like guidelines for youth mm-hmm. and one of them was like modesty and mm-hmm. for women or girls specifically it was like no bikinis no midriff showing basically mm-hmm. yeah. but i remember this one time we had the school field trip to this like indoor water park and one of my mormon friends wore a bikini and another mormon girl went and told her mom mm. that my friend was wearing a bikini her mom told my friend's mom mm. and it was like this huge deal and it was like it's it is so not weird. that deep it is not it's that big not, of a deal oh it's so sad i do think i will say i'll advocate a little bit i do think things are changing yeah which i hope so is good like in talking with people like my sister-in-law i love her because she's lives in Canada and I think the church is so different there like she's one of those young women leaders that are cool where she's like yeah I'd rather people just come like yeah she's like if they're gonna wear a bikini to an activity great I'd rather them just come to the activity yes. like doesn't matter yeah so I think I think a lot of people have who've had our experiences are now growing up and leading the church which mm-hmm. I think and I hope is getting better yeah but it doesn't mean it wasn't traumatizing for us totally and that's not to say like like these are our experiences. Yes. I know someone in another ward or a different state or whatever might be like, that was not my experience at all. Yeah. And that's we don't fine. S- we don't speak for everyone. No. And I don't speak for you. Yeah. And you don't speak for me. And like, this is just all different. This is just all the stuff that's led us to where we are now, basically. Mm. Yeah. Um Okay, so well, yeah, let's talk about like our college years. Yeah. Um, so again, still very extremely active going to institute Mm -hmm. I remember um so I made friends with it's actually cool because I made best friends with a lot of people who did not grow up in Utah Mm -hmm. all of them were from like Nevada and they're my very best friends and they were really cool and they helped me see like Mormons outside of Utah and like I loved how they were because they weren't so rigid on things Mm -hmm. Um, I was still very good, like, never had a sip of alcohol, never, like, did anything that, like, we would consider yeah. bad. Yeah, I put that in quotations for people can't hear me, but, um, like, I'm still a very good girl. Um, I do remember one thing. The first thing that kind of uh, did not sit right with me, and I think I'll just say this right now, and I'll get into it deeper later. My whole questioning right now is... Um, I obviously I'm not going to say like, oh, things in history don't upset me or whatever. Like, yeah, there are things that like, basically my whole questioning now comes from like self-attunement and my whole life I've never thought about like, oh, what does Ashley think about this? Mm-hmm. It's like, if the church tells me what to think and what to believe about something, even politics, anything, like I just believe it and I stick with it. Yeah. I don't even question it twice. Yeah. And that was my value. That's the thing about the church is it literally lays out everything for you. Yeah, like you don't even have to make choices. <laughs> no. And I know that it works for some people. Yeah. But yeah. 
like it put me in a teeny tiny box my yes. whole life that I yes. hated. And so I remember this experience where um, Dixie, I was on student government at Dixie and we helped throw on uh, the Macklemore concert. Oh, cool. If anyone remembers that, it was 2013, I think. And Macklemore came down to Dixie and it was That's a huge so freaking cool. deal. And yeah. I got to be behind the scenes helping plan it. And I was so thrilled. I had my ticket. I was going. And um, am I mixing up stories? No, this <laughs> happened to me twice oh. with the Macklemore concert and the G-Eazy concert. Oh. A leader in Institute came out and said, and I might be paraphrasing this wrong. So people who were there and if you're listening to this and you heard it different, like that. I might be saying it wrong, but yeah. basically what I heard was if you're going to this Macklemore concert, like you are not clean. This is not a clean place. The spirit cannot dwell where this man will be. And so you should not go. And I was about to leave on my mission. Me and all my friends were going on missions. Mm. And I was so torn and distraught because Macklemore, like thrift shop was like my yes. favorite song. Like so I was such huge. a huge Macklemore fan. Yeah. And I like literally could have been probably backstage with him. So crazy. I literally helped plan the concert. I showed up to the concert before, set up, and I left. And I did not no. go to the concert. And I do regret it. I regret it oh, a lot. That's sad. Yeah. And, and then I showed up after to clean up everything. And I didn't go because... Wow. And that's the first thing that like did not sit right with me. Mm-hmm. Well, it's probably not the first thing, but the first thing that I can think of in college where I was like... This doesn't align with how I feel. Yeah. But I'm going to do it because a leader told me to. Yeah. And that's going to be kind of a common theme of like, this doesn't align. This doctrine or this new principle or whatever doesn't align with me. But I'm not going to second guess it because we're taught to doubt our doubts Mm -hmm. and not doubt our faith. Yeah. And so um, then I go on a mission and I don't know if I should like go into that because that's kind of my college experience. But I mean, I'll just go into it a little bit. Yeah, go for it. Um. Loved my mission. I actually have no regrets in my mission except for how I treated people yeah. that were outside of the church. That is my regret. Should we say what a mission is? Oh, yeah. So a mission um, is basically like you can choose. Well, really, they kind of make it seem like it's not a choice. If you're a yeah. boy, it's like an expectation. But if you're a girl, it's kind of a choice where you get called to this place. You don't choose where you go. It's like a special calling. That's like revelation from God. And you go and you teach people about Christ for um, a year and a half if you're a girl and two years if yeah. you're a boy. And you're like, you're basically trying to convert people. To yeah, Mormonism, convert people. Baptize people. Yep. That's yeah. like literally your goal. Yeah. And so my mission. For a year, like, a year and a half for girls. Yeah. And two years for boys. Yep. And it's you're not time. allowed to like talk to your family except for once a week. It's actually so different now. Yeah. But when I was on a mission, you could FaceTime twice a year, Mother's Day and Christmas and for in my mission, there's a very strict rule that it was for an hour only. And then, and I was so strict to that. I was like, if I FaceTime my family, which this is actually really sad. And this is, this was not attuned to me actually on my mission. I was like, we're teaching all these people about families and yet I'm not allowed to talk to my family. It was really hard for me. And that um, seems like so opposite. And people would ask me, they're like, did you get to talk to your family lots today? I'm like, yeah, I talked to them for an hour. And they're like, why aren't you just like home FaceTiming them? Like, don't you miss them? But like, I wasn't. I was so strict on that. I was like, I will not FaceTime my family longer than one hour, not even a minute over. Yeah. Because if I do, someone out there who's supposed to hear the gospel from me is not going to hear it and they're going to die without 
being baptized in the church. And I, I actually, like, this is very, very harmful thinking. Like, I feel myself getting heated right now and a little emotional <laughs> because, like, I killed myself on my mission for obedience because I literally believed that, well, I was taught this. I didn't actually, it wasn't attuned with me, but I was taught this. If I did not per- perform exact obedience, meaning waking up on time every day, um, emailing my family once a week, we got exactly an hour. If my companion went over emailing on time, I would sit, I would log off my computer and I would just sit there and I would wait for her to be done. And I would stare at her in judgment because like, I actually believed if I went one minute over, I would not find someone that week who was supposed to hear the gospel. That's so sad. And I would like cut off communication with my family. Like, so uh, the mission, so that was my negative experience. I'll say with the mission. And then also me just going into people's home being like, you can't get baptized because you drink coffee. And like, I just, the thought of that, like me, uh, like 19, 20 year old girl going into people's home and telling them they're living their lives wrong. Like I just approached that wrong. That's not everyone's experience in the mission. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say that's how I did because again, my experience with the church is rules equals good. Yeah. If you follow rules, you are good. And that's how you're blessed. I didn't understand like the depth that a lot of people gain from the church and until later in life. Yeah. But, um, my mission, like I learned so much from it. I met so many amazing people. I do not regret people that I converted. Um, I still like reflect back on my mission a lot. I would never, ever go again because it was so effing hard. <laughs> and on mentally, yeah. like, I felt shame every single day in my mission. If I didn't study hard enough and if I didn't pray long That's enough. so sad. I was constantly feeling shame like I'm never good enough. Yeah. I would repent every single night. I remember, okay, I'll share this experience. Yeah. This is literally crazy. Like, you're like a teenage girl, basically. And you're around other teenage boys. I loved the elders like that is one thing I was like they're so cute and I was like flirty and I would like mm-hmm. think about them and develop little mini crushes and then I would come home every night and I would sit on my knees and I would write in my journal and I would write down every bad thought that I had that day oh gosh, about an Ash. elder and I would say and I won't do it again tomorrow and I and I would say Heavenly Father this is me being accountable I will not think about this missionary or this elder tomorrow and then I would go back in my journal the next day and if I did my like, Heavenly Father I'm sorry again and I would write it down all the thoughts that I had that were inappropriate, which literally was just like me wanting to be around missionaries that I thought were cute, which is so natural. But like I was exact obedient. And I remember like crying and feeling so much shame in my bed being like, I'm not going to find someone now because I am thinking of this elder in my my mission who's really cute. And this person's not going to hear the gospel. I'm not having exact obedience. Like there's literally a talk out there for missionaries that's like, lock your heart, lock your heart on your mission and don't think about anyone back home or anyone. And it's just like, anyways, I could, I'm like rambling at this point, but no, that was really hard. My mission, it's interesting. I loved it because when I was good, I was like on top of the world. And mm-hmm. I mean, you're at the highest spiritual point in your life, but I also was not attuned to myself at mm-hmm. all. And I felt a lot of shame. Like, yeah. a, a, like I was, I sat in shame a lot in my mission for, mm-hmm. th- for emailing one minute over or for waking up so one crazy. minute late. Yeah. So that's like really, really, really hard is this like concept of like rules equals blessings and you do not get blessings if you don't follow the rules. So yeah. that's my mission. And I met my husband on my mission too, which I'm grateful for. <laughs> yeah. That's it a good, is. that's a good thing. Yeah. Lots, lots of good came from it. I'm not yeah. going to bash it, but yeah. that those I'm like still traumatized by some things so that sounds hard yeah see for me like 
a mission was never even in question because I just knew I would hate it every single day. And I feel like if I did go out, I would definitely try my hardest to come home. Yeah. Oh, I actually, yeah, I did. Did you? I literally remember thinking about like my first holiday was the 4th of July. And I remember thinking, how can I get hit by a car just enough where it would like break my arm, but not bad enough to kill me that I'll get sent home and live an honorable mission. That was legit a thought. Like, because, how can I injure myself? Because if you're not familiar with the Mormon culture or religion, like, people that came home, it was, like, so... Super hard judged. Yes. They're like, oh. The entire community. They weren't worthy. Like, they probably weren't worthy, and that's why they came home early. Yes. And it was... That worthy. was immediately... That was the immediate thought that everyone had. Yeah. Either they weren't worthy, or they just weren't good enough, or, like, hardworking enough... Yeah. ...to be out there. Yeah, which is really sad, because... A lot of people can't like sacrifice. would come home for like mental health issues. Like, oh yes, I should. Missions have. <laughs> are so, like, just from what I've heard, like mentally grueling. Yeah, literally, sun up to sundown, you're not allowed to think about yourself. You're not. This was my experience. I'm not don't, speaking for everyone's mission. This was purely my. Experience. Yeah, and there's so many extra rules on a mission that you don't have in Mormonism when you're just like at home. Yeah. Yeah. Like, don't look at boys. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. So, but also such a so beautiful crazy. experience. Like, I yeah. definitely developed myself and converted myself, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Like, I gained such a strong testimony of Christ and the testimony, like, or like, anyways, I, it was really good for me. Yeah. But also really traumatizing. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Yeah. So your college experience. My, yeah. So, College was interesting because I moved from Washington to Utah. All of my Mormon friends were... So here's the thing about college, being a Mormon. BYU is a Mormon college. It's Mormon-ran. It's like owned by the church. And it's in Utah. There's one in Utah and there's one in Idaho. And the Utah one is more prestigious. (laughs) Oh, and Hawaii, yeah. The Utah one is more prestigious. The Idaho one is more like... You go there if you can't make it into the (laughs) Utah one. And the thing about BYU is um, they don't have in-state, out-of-state tuition. You just, if you're Mormon, you get cheaper tuition if you go to BYU. If you're not Mormon, you don't get that. It's like Mormon, not Mormon. More diversity. Right, right. And for me, I was like, I don't want to live in Washington anymore. I'm going to go to Utah. That's where all my, like... I had a lot of extended family that lived there. That's where all my Mormon friends were going. And it's so interesting thinking about it now because I'm like, I wasn't really close with a lot of Mormon friends. I mean, I did have a few for sure, but like, I was like, thinking back, I'm like, why did I want to go to BYU so bad? That's so weird to me that you wanted to go to BYU. But I I think it's way cooler for people who are out of state because me growing up, I was like, I do not want to go. Yeah. But it's it's actually like cool for people who are Mormon and out of state. Well, so I applied to BYU. UVU. UVU is another, it's a Utah college, but it's not owned by the church, but a lot of Mormons do go there. Mm -hmm. And then I applied to BYU Rexburg, Idaho. I did not know that. Yeah. And I got into BYU Rexburg and UVU, but I did not get into BYU. And I remember being so devastated because that was another thing too. Like the church really wants you to like get good grades your whole life. And I, I think I graduated with 3.82. That's Which good. honestly, pretty good. That's really I good. had a 4.0 up until my senior year and then I got really bad senioritis and I just lost motivation. Anyway, so I think that's kind of like what, anyway. But UVU offered me in-state tuition because of my good grades. 
And so I was like, great, I'll move to Utah. I'll still get the Utah experience. I'll live near BYU campus. I'll get to be with all my Mormon friends. And I'm, I was so excited to finally be living in a place where I was finally going to be like accepted and just like no one would question me. I like my beliefs are the majority of what everyone else, else believes as well. So I was anxious. I was ready to get the heck the heck the, the hell heck. out of washington <laughs> um that's such a mormon thing to say anyway um but moving to utah was really interesting because my parents were still living in washington my family was still living there i had a lot of um extended family living in utah but it this was like the first time in my life where i was like on my own i can make my own decisions i don't have to go to church every sunday but you're still so heavily influenced by Mormonism because you're in Utah. Everyone's Mormon. So I moved in to a, an apartment with six random girls. I didn't know anyone in my apartment. We all got along pretty well. But um, yeah, it, it was weird because I remember like waking up on Sundays being like, I'm so tired. I don't want to go. I remember having like nine o'clock church, which is always the worst. worst. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to go today. And so I would just pretend to be sick. Yeah. And my roommates, we'd all, they would always like knock on my door and be like, Ash, are you coming with us? Because that's the thing is like, we would all go together and we were yeah. all holding each other ca- accountable. They were all holding me accountable. And it's, you literally can't escape it. <laughs> it's, it's insane. And like, I would go, I would go to church mostly for boys yeah. Like, I wanted to go to meet boys. Oh, I well, I went for the social aspect. Mm-hmm. And then I quickly realized how much I hated YSA wards, which is a YSA ward is young single adults. It's where you go, like, in college. You're not in a ward with, like, families and, like, kids. You're literally there to meet someone and get married. Like, that is the sole purpose of a YSA yeah. ward. <laughs> young single adults. Yes. Um. <clears throat> And, like, I I would get so anxious because every time I got a calling, I was like, what is it going to be? Like, I literally never fulfilled, fulfilled my calling duties. And, like, yeah, I don't know. I, and tithing settlement, like, I never <laughs> paid my tithing. Mm-hmm. It's so, it's, yeah. I just always, same thing, like, it was interesting because I was like so excited to live in Utah and be a part of this community and feel accepted. But at the same time, I was like, I'm still not Mormon enough for all of these people. Mm, yeah. Like, I'm not, I don't want a calling. I don't want to pay my tithing. I don't want to do these things that I'm, and the church has a funny way of holding you accountable because if you're not paying your tithing, then when it comes time to tithing settlement, which is where you go and tell your bishop, like, if you are a full tithe payer, you have to admit that to them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I remember being like, yeah, I just don't really make money. I don't have an income. Yeah. I kind of, like, lied about it. I'm like, yeah, I don't – I'm not paying my tithing, but, yeah. like, I'm striving to. And he was like, okay, cool. But I always had so much anxiety leading up to that. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, I don't know. It, and the Mormon – church is interesting too because they really push marriage really really young and like people get married at 18 19 20 21 and it's crazy yeah like that is that's like the sole purpose they might not say that it is but like going to church 
in a YSA ward is to meet your future companion, basically. And the reason I feel like it's not even like they're necessarily saying like, get married young, get married young, get married young. Yeah. It's just the standards that you have to be kept to if you're not married, Mm -hmm. aka like not engaging in any sexual relations until after you're married and the shame and I'm sure like so many people talk about this like I won't go too heavily into it but like the shame you feel if you do anything outside of marriage so it's almost like well I like this guy and in order to prevent messing up marriage Mm -hmm. marriage yep marriage yep which is really fast marriage too yeah like yeah three months marriage yeah so I've yeah I I lived in that apartment with those girls for a while and then I like eventually because I was moving to Utah from out of state I didn't have any friends I started all over with my friends I had a couple friends who were going to BYU but I didn't really see them a lot because we were living in different apartment place complexes we were going to different schools so it took me a couple of year a couple of years to like find friends that I like jived with and kind of were in the same spot with me like we were I wouldn't call us Jack Mormons, which is a term that we use, but like, like, which means you're like a Sunday Mormon. Yeah. I like, I had friends that I moved in with and we would go to the first hour of church and then we would leave and go get food at a fast food restaurant. The best type of people. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Which like my friends. Which if, if you don't know, like Mormons don't believe in like spending money on Sundays or Or like like, really doing anything outside of like. Yeah. Like any extracurricular activities on Sundays. So like, and growing up too, I forgot to mention this, but like since my dad was not um, active, every sun, almost every Sunday we would come home from church and my dad would be like, Hey guys, let's go to dinner. And that was like our family time. And I really cherished that time. And I'm glad that my dad did that because we didn't have those hours with him at church. Like we do with my mom. And so we would go out to dinner with my dad, like almost every Sunday. And so that was, that was kind of like a normal thing for me growing up was like doing things on Sunday, even though we weren't supposed to. I mean, I was never really allowed to play sports or anything like that on Sunday, but like, or swim. Yeah, there were exceptions the made. Yeah, <laughs> literally. But there were exceptions made because, like, family yeah. is number one, Yeah, supposedly. My family actually went out on Sundays, which is yeah. interesting because we were so strict. But yeah, it was, like, our tradition to get, like, Dairy Queen blizzards on Sundays. That. And I actually loved it. But it's funny because in Utah, there's actually a lot, not a lot of places that are even open on yeah. Sundays. Yeah. It's very hard to, like, find restaurants or anything. Like, malls are closed on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. So, yeah, I finally found, like, a good group of friends that I was, like, I can go to church. I can feel good, but I'm not, like, hung, hung ho. Gung ho. Gung ho. Like, I don't know. I, it's, it's so interesting talking about this because I actually don't think I've ever gone through this like step by step with someone and realizing that like I think just my whole life I just didn't like going to church and that is kind of why I'm not going to church and like I obviously have like other issues and stuff but like my whole life I just felt forced into this religion when it just never felt like it was for me Mm -hmm. so now, I guess we can talk about, like, getting married and stuff and yeah. our husbands. I'll keep this one simple. For me, Casey was such a good boy. Like, 
he held me accountable. I remember he would get so bugged when my family would go do things on Sundays. Yeah. Like, and I actually liked that in him because he was like the first boy that I met that I was like, he's like fun and can like vibe, but also like he'll keep me really Mm -hmm. good. And literally like before we got married, he wouldn't make out with me until like we stopped making out because we didn't want to mess up. (laughs) (laughs) that is so weird to say oh my gosh I know we literally stopped making out for like the last month or two before we got married because we didn't want to mess up because if you because if you mess up you can't get married you can't get married in the temple and the problem with this is like I'm gonna just come out and say it like if you don't get married in the temple it's a very public way of shaming you yep that like you're not worthy and that's literally the word that they use is and this, like, this is doctrine is like worthiness to be in the temple. So it's literally like your self worth. Mm-hmm. I would feel so much shame if I ever messed up and yeah. was not worthy to get yeah. in the temple. Anyways, Casey and I were very good. Like we were the cute new cu- couple in the ward that were Sunday school teachers, and like people loved us. And again, like I got so much validation from being like the good couple. And what? I remember. Oh, yeah. sorry. I was just gonna ask. When did you guys meet? When did you get married? At what age? <laughs> yeah, so we met. Okay, so our story, I mean, I don't even know if we can count this. We actually met in the MC Honor Missions in 2013. Is that when I went? Didn't talk our whole missions. 2015, May 2015, Casey got home from his mission. I got home December 2014. We met, started talking in August mm-hmm. 2015. Got engaged January 2016, married June 2016. Yeah. Our first date was October 2016. So it was fast. Very fast, less yeah. than a year yeah. of like actual meeting, I guess, to married. Um, And there are so many stories I could share of like just weird rules we would keep or just weird things we did in our marriage to try to stay like, I don't know. Like once you're married, it's like, I'm good. Like mm-hmm. we paid our tithing, like we did everything. We're Sunday school teachers. I remember we would start like ditching church some Sundays to go snowboarding. Yeah. Which was really fun. And I remember being like, oh, this is an option. Like I'm an adult and I can do this. Yeah. Um, but I will just go to when I started doubting, but then I won't get into that and I'll stop there okay. because it was kind of early on in our marriage and I was mm. the first one too. And it was um, well, actually. There were a lot of policies and things that came out that I'm not going to like go into detail with that came out when Casey and I were married that I had big issues with. And I, I remember being actually upset. Like I felt very angry Yeah. and I would bring them to Casey and he was very good at grounding me and being like, well, like this is probably why they did that. And he was always like the strong one, which is weird because I was so strong growing Mm -hmm. up. But then like, I don't know, I just started getting the sense of like self-empowerment. So anytime I had an issue with anything in the church, Casey would always be like, well, think about it this way. So I remember in 2021 when I had my first, I guess I would say faith scare, faith crisis, which now I don't want to call it a crisis. It's faith expansion. Mm. Um, A couple other people were leaving that were close to me and I just had the guts to be like, why'd you leave? Yeah. And I actually listened to them because in the church you're taught, do not look at any outside sources. Everything is anti. If it talks bad about the church, don't look into history. Don't look into, and you're actually, you actually are taught this. Like 
I feel like I hear people right now saying like, you're not taught that, but like you are. Yeah. Like, doubt your doubts before you doubt your faith. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times people have sent me that talk recently. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so you're taught to not look outside. And the moment I was like, hey, why did you leave? Like genuinely curious why like very close people to me were leaving and I actually listened to them. It just got the wheels turning like, oh, how do I feel about these things? Mm -hmm. Like I've never even questioned myself. And when I have, it's like, just have faith, just have faith. So 2021, I said to Casey, like, I'm really scared because now I have questions and I've never had questions. And he said to me, like, you can lean on my testimony. Mm -hmm. And I remember feeling really safe with him, like, okay, like he's going to hold me through this. We're going to get through this. So I'll pause on my story right there. But yeah, 2021. But I did have a lot of things that absolutely did not sit right with me. Yeah. That were like current things coming out. And I just ignored them. I was like, doubt my doubts before I doubt my faith. Totally. So that's our married life. We were the cute little Sunday school teachers that like were just so loyal and did everything right. So Yeah. So I met Trevor... Um, well, I don't need to go into how we met, but we got married a year and a half after we started dating. We were engaged for six months. (laughs) I know that's a long time for Mormons, but I also remember, uh, getting endowed, which is what you do before you get sealed in the temple. And I had so much anxiety leading up to it. I just like had awful dreams about the temple because they don't really tell you what you do in the temple before you go through you're just kind of thrown into it Mm -hmm. like they you can kind of give people an idea but you cannot it's so sacred and secret and people just you you're not allowed to talk about it really so Mm. and I remember going through the temple and just feeling so weird I did not feel the spirit like people said I would Mm -hmm. I felt like just off just really off and I went through two days before we got sealed and I had a panic attack on our wedding day in the bride's room in the temple because I couldn't breathe I was just and I I was so anxious in the I was in your ceiling I know I forgot um what's the room that the bride room no after you get sealed the celestial room. The celestial room. I forgot the word for it for a second. I was really panicky in that room. Dang. Like, I, I've i never had a good spiritual experience in the temple, ever. Really? And people can say, oh, it's because you closed yourself off, whatever. I just... That's just your experience. That was though. my experience. Like, is, yeah. I never had a good experience. I always felt panicky. I always felt anxious. I always felt, like, restricted. And anyway, I won't go... I won't go into that too much, but I just never had good experiences in the temple. And um, getting married that young, like, you're, there's just a huge expectation to get married in the temple. All of Trevor's siblings got married in the temple. I was, I'm the oldest in my family, so I was the first one in my family to get married. Um, and I'm sure that, like, my family would have been okay if we didn't get married in the temple because my my dad was inactive but that was also another really sad thing was my dad was not able to be there for my ceiling and I remember we didn't have a ring ceremony which is a lot of Mormons will have like a ring ceremony after the temple just so that people who weren't able to be in the temple can experience kind of like a 
wedding type ceremony. Um, but I remember feeling so much pressure from outside forces. I won't say like specifics, but that it was just like blasphemous to have a ring ceremony That's when so you're getting married in the temple already. Yeah. That so so heartbreaking. Yeah. And I'm so sad for you. I know. So like I, I, my dad didn't get to experience any of it. That is so sad. At all. Which is the opposite. I know. Of what we're taught. Families, yeah. families, families. Yeah. Oh, you can't be with your family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was, that was a really hard thing for me to come to terms with was my dad not being able to be in there. And then also like my siblings, like none of my siblings got to see me get married either. I mean, that's kind of more normal, but, oh, but also yeah, it's sad. there was just, there's a lot of pressure, um, on us specifically. And I know there is just like on a lot of couples to get married in the temple, even if you're not ready for it. Yeah. Like I was ready for marriage, but I don't think I was ever really fully ready to go through the temple. And looking back, like. I don't know if I ever was ready to be in the temple. Mm -hmm. I never had a good experience, really. And I didn't really touch on this, but when you go in the temple, you just like make promises, like really high level promises to God. Yeah. And so like before you get married and all the stuff, it's so like when we refer to like being ready, it's like not only are we like ready to experience the temple, which I'm going to speak for myself. Like I actually had an amazing experience. Of course, mm -hmm. we're going to be opposite. Mm -hmm. I had an amazing experience in the temple. I loved the temple. I've... Casey and I would go on dates to the temple. Sorry, I'm not trying to take your... No. Like... No, I'm glad you're thing. speaking about it. But we would go on dates to the temple, have very spiritual experiences. Yeah. Even now, I look back at some of those moments and they're still very sacred to me. Yeah. So like, I love the temple, but um, you have to be ready to keep a very high level promises mm -hmm. in the temple. And um, they are very strict in the temple. You like talk about how serious it is. If you yeah. break those promises... Um, which makes you very scared to break those promises. Yeah. And people do like, but anyways, like, I, I don't know. It's just a way bigger commitment. Like if you mess mm -hmm. up with a boy after you've gone through the temple, you have way more serious consequences than before yeah. you had gone through the temple. So, right. um, it, it really is a thing that like you have to be ready for. Like, mm -hmm. are you ready to make those promises? And are you ready to just experience that level of but yeah. the hard part is you don't really know those you before don't know. you go into you it. You don't, yeah. Yeah. I remember you. we would go on double dates with you guys to the temple. Oh, my god! Because yeah. that's the only way I would do it because they separate yeah. men and women in the temple. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't be or do things with Trevor. Like, he couldn't help me. Yeah. And so I was like, we're only going to the temple if we're going on double dates because I need another girl there to help me get through. Because yeah. I – it's like a very – extensive process mm -hmm. and there's a lot of things and you have if to you, remember and you have to remember a lot of stuff you have to know what you're it's like doing rituals and stuff yeah yeah and like there's obviously people in the temple to help you but i always felt so stupid i'm like i've done this a couple times and i still don't get it like yeah. and i just didn't enjoy it yeah i didn't like it yeah so yeah i mean that was kind of like the beginning of our marriage but like I did it because it was expected of me and it was the thing to do it was the thing to do and for the first couple of years of like Trevor and I's marriage it was really hard because we were like when you're a young married couple going into a family ward like people don't really try to get to know you especially in Utah because a lot of young couples just kind of like cycle out of wards because yeah. they're either going to school for like a year or two and then they move or like no one's ever really like just there to stay. And a lot of wards will have like kind of 
clicky aspects to them where there have been people in the ward for like 10 plus years that all know each other and they all have these really close bonds and then you're just a random young couple coming into the ward and no one really tries to get I like Trevor and I moved into this ward that we're living in and had a lot of really hard experiences in it like we immediately and that, that's one thing that I actually don't like is we immediately got a calling and we were teaching 16 year olds. Yeah. Calling is like, yeah. A, it's like a job with a, a church that you're not getting paid for. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like revelation from God supposed to be for you. So yeah. they make you feel like really special. Like this yeah. is called for you. Yeah. And we got called to teach the 16 year olds, which that's we loved. That's my calling was. I loved it. But the thing that sucked about it was that we were getting to know these 16 year olds and none of the other adults in the ward. Yeah. That's actually kind of weird. Yeah. If you think about it. Yeah. Like and you don't get to know. Yeah. Yeah. And so like every week people, a new person would come up to us. Are you new? Are you new? And we'd been in the ward for like a year or two. And we're like, no, we're not, we're not new. But also at this time, like I was, we were traveling a ton because I was a wedding photographer. We were out of town a lot of weekends. And we told our bishop this. We were like, we're going to be out of town a lot. We're going to have to find substitutes a ton to help us teach our class. And he's like, that's okay. Like, this calling is for you. And anyway, there's a lot of drama around that. And we got our calling taken away. From, like, we were released from our calling oh, because of a man in our ward who had a power trip. And, and then we were just, I don't know. There's a lot of weird experiences that we had in our ward. And... Then 2020 hit, yeah. the COVID pandemic, and um, everyone was advised to stay at home. No one was going to church anymore. Everyone was doing church via Zoom meeting, mm -hmm. and Trevor and I just got, like, we never we never were on those Zoom meetings, um, and it, we just kind of got used to, like, not going to church. Mm -hmm. And so when, like, the pandemic was over and we started going or like we were allowed to go back to church again, I was like, I don't want to go. Yeah. It was so, it was like the first time in my life that I didn't go to church and I didn't feel guilty about it because the church was even saying stay home. Yeah. So, and I, it felt so good to me. You're like, like wow, I'm this finally is making awesome. It's like, yeah. To, true to me. Yeah. Yeah. But then once, once the pandemic or got a little better and people were allowed to go back to church again we started going and then we still every week would get questions are you new are you new and then one day I had this experience in Relief Society and this is one thing that I have a, an issue with in the church and I, I understand that a lot of people really like having um, callings and we had this thing called visiting teaching which is where you would have a like for women, you would have a partner and you would go visit a few women in the ward every week. And I hated that. I always avoided it. Me too. I never did it. I did not like it. <laughs> I mean, I did it sometimes, but I hated it. Yeah. And I see how that would be super beneficial for people who don't have family nearby. They don't have a lot of friends. Like the church is their community mm -hmm. and they need that. For me, I had a great community outside of the church. Or not even outside the church. I outside just had, word. yeah, I had a lot of friends, a lot of family, and I was barely able to like make time for all of those people in my life, much less like going to check in on these people that I like didn't really care to get to know. And it all felt very surface level and just like you're checking in on them for 
just the sake of like, are you going to church basically? Yeah. And so one day in Relief Society, our Relief Society president, that Relief Society is like the women's um, class group mm-hmm. in the church. I don't really know how else to explain it. She was like, okay, we're, I'm, people aren't really doing good with their visiting teaching. So I'm going to like call out names and you're going to stand up. You're going to see who your partner is. And then you're going to see who you're supposed to be visiting teaching. And at this point, like I hadn't texted anyone back. I hadn't done anything. So I was like, nope, I'm out. I yeah. walked out of there. Cause I was uh, like, I'm not going to get called out in front of everyone. Yeah. Like these people that I should have been checking in on for months and months. And yeah. I have a partner for months and months and they're just going to like finally put a face to a name and then they're going to be checking in on me. And yeah. like, it just felt very, very weird. And I hated it. And I left and I walked out of church and I yeah. remember telling Trevor, I'm like, I'm never going to Relief Society ever again. Yeah. I was like, I'll go with you to the first hour, which is sacrament, which is the time you spend with your family. I was like, I'll go with you to sacrament, but I'm leaving after that. Yeah. And he was like, okay. And yeah, we just had like a lot of random experiences like that. And I'll just get into this really quick and I'll let you yeah. go back into your story. But I got pregnant in 2021 and was so sick. And I used it as an excuse to not go to church. Mm-hmm. And Trevor, bless his heart, he went every Sunday without me. A faithful husband. I know. He went every Sunday without me. And it got to a point where it was like, okay, I haven't been to tithing settlement. I'm avoiding tithing settlement. I'm avoiding callings. I am not. So when I got pregnant, I got really sick and I lost a ton of weight. And I, my temple recommend had expired, so I couldn't, you have to have a temple recommend to go get new garments, and my garments weren't fitting because I had lost, like, 20 pounds in, like, three months, and so I just stopped wearing them at that point, um, and then, sorry, I lost my train of thought, but, oh, yeah, so Trevor was still going to church, I kind of stopped, I stopped wearing my garments when I was sick, um, because I couldn't go buy new ones that fit me. And they were just uncomfortable. I was pregnant. I didn't want a lot of clothes on my body anyway. (laughs) And yeah, that's kind of like, that's kind of where things kind of started to like solidify about my decision to go to church. Trevor was still going, but he, he could see that I I wasn't wearing my garments and it was never, we didn't really actually have a conversation of like, why are you not wearing them? Mm -hmm. Um, It just kind of happened. And then even Trevor kind of started to fizzle out like he would he started going to church by himself for both hours but then he would only go to one hour and then he would kind of only go like every other week and yeah and we'll get into the rest in a minute but I want you to like talk about your so you said like a lot of things I know I like led up to 2021 but you said a lot of things that brought back like memories and stuff. yeah go for it I would not say that like when Casey and I were married like everything was perfect as in like I had a great experience in the church. Mm -hmm. I do remember there, aside from like things that were coming out, like new principles or whatever that was, I was aligned with. I remember like I got a ear piercing in my cartilage. Mm. I'm not going to share specific stories because I'm not here to bash, but um, got a very bad response from that from people in my ward because that's another suggestion is only one piercing piercing. ear each ear. Mm -hmm. So I started doing things that I was like, oh, like I'm an adult mm-hmm. and I'm very strong in my testimony. I'm extremely strong in my testimony, but I'm going to like do things that I want to do. So yeah. I kind of had this mindset 
And I, um, yeah, got my ear pierced, got a very bad experience from that. I was a Relief Society teacher and this was actually really heartbreaking for me. And I was, I felt a ton of shame from this. I was a Relief Society teacher and I was a really good Relief Society teacher. Like, I'm not going to lie. And there was a couple times where like we would go out of town and I would have to find someone to cover my lesson. Well, one thing happened where like my family came in town super last minute. It was a Saturday and I was teaching on a Sunday and they got a cabin in Deer Valley and invited me to go stay with them at this cabin. But I had to teach the Relief Society lesson the Mm -hmm. next day. But I was like, this is, oh, it was my family and my family friends who I don't get to see a lot. Like we grew up with them and they never come up north to visit us. And so I'm like, I'm going to go stay at this cabin with my family. Like it's a no brainer. So I contacted the Relief Society president and I was like, hey, um, my family's in town and I need someone to cover my lesson for tomorrow. Yeah. I already prepared it. I will give all the material, whatever yeah. I need to do. But like, I really, I'm not going to skip out on this yeah. trip to a cabin with my family for to teach this lesson. Yeah. And I ended up, maybe I shouldn't, well, I'll go into detail. It doesn't really matter. I ended up accidentally being included on an email thread um, like a couple weeks later. So I got released from that calling, basically like your story. And I thought that it was just because it was time to release me. But mm-hmm. then I was included on an email thread by accident <gasps> from my bishop and the Relief Society president that they were calling me flaky. <gasps> and I was heartbroken because I put so much of my soul into that calling. Yeah. And I loved it. Yeah. So they were like talking behind my back. And that felt really wrong to me. I was like, this yeah. is weird that I'm like behind the scenes on this. Is this is this how they're talking about me? And like yeah. Sunday school, like what are they saying about me? Like there's this front that like I'm such a good teacher and then like I get released because I'm flaky. Like that's yeah. not even my personality to be flaky. Yeah. I was very, very upset. But um again And that's not like a revelation from God. That's just someone being like Yes, that was the most upsetting yeah. part. Yeah. And I felt a lot of shame, but I didn't let myself get mad about it and I didn't really like Actually, I did email back and I kind of stood up for myself for the first time. And I was like, I wasn't flaky. This is what happened. Yeah. And the bishop was really great about it. He's like, I am so sorry. Like you were, he didn't call me flaky. It was a really sighted president. Yeah. That was the first time I kind of stood up for myself and I was like, this isn't right. And I had been mistreated and had very traumatizing experiences um, prior to this that I didn't let myself feel Mm -hmm. because I was like, this is from God. This is, this is my punishment. This is from God. And so, um, those were like leading up, I would say leading up to like 2020. Then 2020 happened, right? We stopped going to church. Yeah. And I remember being kind of excited, like, ooh, like we don't yeah. have to go to church anymore. Like yeah. I love church, but obviously I was like stoked to not have to go. It's a huge responsibility yeah. to have a calling, to go every week mm-hmm. and put the time in that they Yeah. And like I know some people love it. Yeah. But it's And a I like big loved going with Casey and like building that connection and yeah. again. For me, I was getting validation of being the good couple that was mm-hmm. following the rules. So like, I loved that, of course, because I'd go to church and feel so good about myself yeah. after. But um, yeah, 2020 happened. I was already pregnant with Sunny and I stopped wearing my garments. Oh, this is a big one. Okay, I guess I'm getting into these details. Stop wearing <laughs> my garments because one, F no, not mm-hmm. wearing my garments when I'm pregnant. I even got the yeah. pregnancy ones. You're wearing three shirts at that point yeah. because the garment bottoms come all the way over your belly mm-hmm. and then you have your garment top and then you have your shirt. Yeah. And it, I was, it was summer. I yes. had her in September. So I just stopped wearing my garments. I was like, God understands. Like I was yeah. like, I was like, I don't care if people are judging me. Like God understands. Yeah. And then I also was very constipated <laughs> and nothing helped me go to the bathroom except for drinking coffee. Yeah. And I remember having conversations with people where I was like, I have to drink coffee every morning. It's the only thing that helps me 
go to the bathroom, Mm -hmm. being pregnant. Mm -hmm. And I remember not feeling bad about it. Yeah. And it was weird because it was the first time I honestly think it was because I was away from the church. And I've heard multiple views on this. I'm sure some people think like, well, you're away from the church. You're away from the spirit. So it's easier to make bad decisions. Mm -hmm. But I also think you're away from the church and you can listen to yourself and the spirit. Yeah. Listen to yourself and God and be like, okay, what's actually okay versus what these people at church are telling me is okay. Mm-hmm. So this is the first big epiphany is I'm like not wearing my garments and I'm drinking coffee. I hate, I didn't even like coffee. I was like, I'm drinking coffee specifically for the reason to just freaking yeah. go to the bathroom. Like I was like, I know God's not mad at me for that. Yeah. Like I, and I actually felt good about it. And I was like, why don't I feel guilty about this? Mm-hmm. This feels really good. I'm listening to myself. And I'm still very spiritual. Like yeah. we're praying, we're doing come follow me, which is the at home church. Yeah. Casey and I are doing come follow me. Yeah. We we're never listening, did it. <laughs> we're listening to church podcasts. I'm doing all the right things. Never did that. Still having spiritual experiences. <laughs> yeah. And yet I'm not wearing my garments and I'm drinking coffee and I got my ears pierced. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, this is interesting. Which those things to an outside perspective, someone who's never been in or around the Mormon religion, that is not even you don't bat an yeah. eye at that it's nuts yeah so that that's 2020 i'm like well i still feel really close to god mm-hmm. and i feel really good and this is called self-attunement right i'm listening to myself and how god feels about me and not what people at church are telling me yeah. are good and bad so that was really empowering for me yeah 2020 happened or 2021 came and um i think yeah we're back in church and everything casey and i moved to a new ward right after church started to go back in session and we went a couple times but I had a newborn Mm -hmm. and COVID and having a newborn so again like our excuse for not going was like I have a newborn in the middle of COVID yeah and it's winter yeah and I'm not going to church so duh we were joining the zoom meetings though we blessed her um transferred our records we did all the things Mm -hmm. a good woman should and um 2021 so still like it was like it was March 2021. I remember this. I remember I was at work and someone very close to me posted a video um, of just them bawling why they left. Mm-hmm. And it was a very beautiful video and I was scared to watch it. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going to watch this um, because there's going to be anti in there. Yep. And I don't want to hear what she's going to say. And she's going to try to convince us not to go to church anymore. But I watched it and that's not what it was. And my heart broke because she said a lot of things that I didn't realize that I was feeling and wasn't letting myself feel because I didn't want to think against the church. Yeah. And I remember I left work early that day and I had Casey walk me out to the parking lot and that's when he told me, you can lean on my testimony. Mm. And um, the church also at that time were advising a lot of things that I felt very strongly against. And that was really hard for me because I was like, I'm having to choose between me and the church right now. Yep. And I, so many times in my life, I was going against me and going with the church. And I wouldn't even say it was with God. It was with the church. I wasn't mm-hmm. going against God. It was against the church. And yeah. so, um, yeah, then someone very, very close to me left. And that's when I asked her, like, this is a different person who was close to me left. I was like, why are all these close people who are so strong leaving? And I straight up just asked her, I was like, why'd you leave? And then she told me and I was, she's like, thank Her response was like, thank you so much for asking. Yeah. Out of just curiosity, like, yeah. thank you for listening to me because no one else did because mm-hmm. everyone is scared to ask. And that's another reason why we want to do this podcast is it's like people are scared. I literally am having 
close people in my life text my family questions about me and text yeah. people questions about me because they're too scared to ask me. Yes. And that's like really hurtful because it's like, wait, do you not like think I'm the same person? Do you think mm-hmm. I'm angry and offended now? Like, yeah. So like this was big. I asked her and she said a lot of things that also rang true to me. So I think at this point in my life now, 2021, I'll just kind of catch up to where I am now. Sorry, I'm going to talk for a long oh, second. Oh, you're good. Basically, where I'm at now, I took space from the church, right? Yeah. And I think people can say, I'm I'm hearing right now active people in my mind because listen, I was a very active person. Yeah. So I know the thought processes of this. I've been on the other side. I see your bias. I take a step away from the church and a step away from, quote, the spirit. I'm going to say, quote, because I don't feel like I was away from the spirit. I'm sure people are going to say like, oh, you know, you're far away. Then Satan can actually get to you and put thoughts in your mind. And I I did think that about other people. I'm like, yeah, of course you stop going to church. Of course you're going to start doing these things and think it's not true. But my actual thought is like, I'm away from like men, men, not actual like male, but like people, humans Mm -hmm. who are telling me how to live my life and telling me what's right and wrong. Versus like me actually just going straight to God and being like, what's right and wrong? So I'm away from the church. I'm not going to church every Sunday and I'm making decisions and I feel so close to God still and I feel really weird. And the hard part is I'm telling people, close friends, close family who are still in the church that I'm doing these things and I can tell that they don't trust me. Yeah. And I'm going to let you talk on this because I know you're going to get here. But when you stop going to church, you all of a sudden lose credibility of everything in your life. Yeah. And people just think that they can't trust you. So I'm taking time to listen to people who have left and see what resonates with me and what doesn't. And I will say this, um, for people who are questioning, it's not good to always look at the bad because, uh, is it still going? Yeah. It's not good to always look at the bad because that's what I did at the beginning. And if you're only looking at the bad and you're only looking for the bad and you're looking at things that challenge your belief, you're only going to see the challenges of your belief. Yeah. What I had to start doing, and this is what I've recently been doing. So I guess things that have led me to decide that I'm not in anymore, but I'm also not out. Yeah. Is of course like things in the history, but of course people combat that by saying like people are people and da da da. But there's things that I learned that are fact that um, was not shared with me that are upsetting and that don't align with who I am. Mm -hmm. But then current teaching and current things, because I was away from what people in the church were teaching me, and I actually have had crazy spiritual experiences in the last year that like I could cry over. They're so sacred Mm -hmm. to me. And I would still compare them to sacred experiences I had while I was in the church. Yeah. Um, I think that both can exist. Um, I've been very close to God. I've spent more time praying in the last year than I ever have because I've changed it to meditation and just like different ways. And I talk to God all the time, but now I'm finally like, okay, I, I am actually realizing there's a lot of doctrine taught that caused me so much shame Mm -hmm. and so much hurt and it doesn't align with me. And I actually don't believe in some of the core doctrine and I just don't. And I know that's like hurtful to say, like, I want to get emotional saying it, but it actually feels so good to be like, what does Ashley believe? And what does Ashley believe is best for her family? And actually like, hey, let's take time to talk to God today and think like check in with God. Like, hey, God, how am I doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. And I feel really good. And everyone always says all these things that you're taught your whole life. Like, oh, but they don't know true happiness. I know that there's people listening to this podcast right now that are thinking that, She's not truly happy. I know it. 
And if you're one of those people, that's fine because I was too. Well, I've seen your growth, like spiritually, whatever, and I can tell. Just you are happy. Yeah. Happier. Yes. I know people are like, oh, you probably just don't feel. And I know this because I literally thought this. You probably actually feel happy because you're not feeling shame anymore. Yes. I'm not feeling shame anymore. And it's good. Like you should got like my God that I believe in does not cause shame Mm -hmm. and does not bless you. Over super simple things. Over drinking drinking coffee. coffee. I would feel so much shame. Mm -hmm. Like, like at the beginning Mm -hmm. of doing all this stuff. Then when I was away from being taught it, I was like, wait, I actually don't feel shame. I'm so happy. Yeah. And so basically like, and I know we'll probably go back and forth a few times. Like I, I'm at a a point now where I'm not only looking at the challenging things. I am looking at the good things and I'm at a point where I am deconstructing and Mm -hmm. I'm like, what does sit well with me? What are the positive things in the church? And just in spirituality, like I'm not only looking in the church, it's such a small frame. Yeah. There's so many things like, I'm like, okay, who actually is God? Like, who do I believe God is? Because like, I, the God that I was taught is a very just God Mm -hmm. and he needs to get justice and you need to have Jesus Christ because he's the loving one and God's the guy who holds down the hammer and you have to have Jesus who's going to advocate for you because otherwise like God wouldn't let you be with him. Like I don't believe in that God anymore. Like I believe in a God that, especially because I'm a parent. Why would, why is there a God out there that wants you to not be with him or break up families because they're not following rules. And I know I literally hear people now that are like, it's not that like I, it's also very hard coming out with these things and being vulnerable Mm -hmm. because it's like, I've been on the other side. I already know know exactly if you are an active Mormon, we know, I know what you're going through and it's hard to hear these things. Even where I was with things where I wasn't like so into it, like you were, I was still judging people yes. when they were leaving. I was still judging people when they weren't wearing garments. And I would talk about it and I would gossip about it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. We would. We would literally yes. have nights be like, did you see so-and-so is not wearing her garments yes. on Instagram? We wonder if she left the church. Like, how And I feel so regretful. Me too. For being that, like that yeah. and saying things like that. Me yeah. too. So that's where I'm at now. I'm taking and I'm... I'm not just looking at challenge things that are challenging my beliefs anymore. My beliefs have been challenged. Sorry, I smacked my mic. My (laughs) beliefs have been challenged. I'm not out there searching for more things to challenge my beliefs. I already know what doesn't sit right with me. Mm -hmm. And now I'm finding what does. And that's why I say I'm not in, I'm not out. Because every day I find things that I'm like, I do love this belief. And I don't love this belief. So, And I reserve the right to change my mind. Maybe one day I'm like completely out of everything. Maybe one day I'm like completely back in. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to reserve the right to change my mind. But that's the big thing for me right now is I think the hardest part about this is like being on the other side. Like people who are still very active in the church, like I see through your lens. Mm -hmm. But people who have never been outside the church will never see through this lens. Exactly. And they think that you don't know what's best for you. And I have so much more to share after this. I just, I'll stop here. You're good. We'll go back and forth. But that's the hardest thing. It's like, I know what's best for me. And all the people out there who think that, who are sad for me right now, Mm -hmm. that breaks my heart because they're not happy for me. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm done that was a lot oh you're good I am about to speak a lot too thank you so much for listening to this episode of the double scoop if you liked what you heard we would love if you could help us out by leaving us a review on your favorite listening platform this is going to help us grow and bring on really cool guests in the future and then if you want the inside scoop no pun intended 
on behind the scenes or corresponding pictures and videos for our episodes, you can follow us on Instagram at the double scoop pod. We're so grateful for your guys' support and can't wait to connect with you on social media. You can tune in for a new episode every Tuesday. See you next week.